Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Drew, and this is a brand new episode of Drew Unscripted. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast, coming at you guys with your weekly Monday Night Raw review. Big news tonight, guys. Big news indeed. A certain man is now going to be pregnant. That's right. The man, Becky Lynch, is no longer the Raw Women's Champion. She had a huge announcement to make, which I pretty much already gave you a hell of a spoiler. Let's get into it, guys. Before I get into it, I just want to say, hope you guys are safe. Hope, hope everybody out there is having a good night. Hope you guys are keeping each other safe as best you can. Let's go, guys. Alright, guys. So we had, of course, Monday Night Raw, the night after Money in the Bank. Becky Lynch came out, and Becky Lynch, for some reason, was carrying the Money in the Bank briefcase, and I was just like, what's happening here? Why is she carrying the briefcase? Looked a little weird, seemed a little, I kind of thought we were going to get another Becky, one of those Becky Lynch promos where she's kind of trying to, where's they book her being silly, I thought maybe she randomly took Asuka's briefcase, I don't know, it, it was weird, I didn't, I didn't really know what to think, and then of course we had... Becky Lynch cut a promo. She said that she had to go away for a while. And I was like, what's happening? Again, I didn't know what was happening. I kind of thought, wait a minute. Is Becky Lynch trying to do something? Like, what's going on? I had no idea. And why did she have the briefcase? So then Asuka comes out, who actually won the briefcase last night in the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women. And of course, Asuka was all mad. She was all angry. She was being Asuka, talking in her Japanese language. You know, she was doing what Asuka does best. And Becky Lynch basically said, Asuka, you didn't just win the Money in the Bank briefcase. You won the Raw Women's Championship. And I can't defend it anymore. And I was just like, whoa. Like, what's like, what's going on here? Like, what the heck? Is Becky going to attack her? Is Becky going to turn heel? Are we going to get a double turn? What's happening? Is Becky Lynch joking? Because this didn't seem like a babyface promo. I kind of didn't know what to say. What to think because Becky was, she was crying. I didn't know if she was working it or, or whatever. Asuka, of course, was very happy to become the Raw Women's Champion. She basically ran up, you know, the aisle. She was jumping on the announce table. She was excited. She was doing her, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, she was just all out there, and she was all happy and stuff like that. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't know what was going on with with Becky, though. Didn't know what was going on with her. Again, I kind of thought maybe it was going to be like some kind of a setup, which would, would kind of be weird because Becky is the baby face and Asuka's the heel. But then Becky Lynch says, you be a warrior and I'm going to be a mother. Just think about that for a second, guys. Becky Lynch is pregnant. That's right. The man is going to be a mommy. Shocked. I uh, I guess it was rumored, I've heard from other podcasters, especially like, like you know, JD from NYC, I heard it was rumored that 
Becky Lynch was going to supposedly be pregnant, and I, I didn't hear anything about it. I knew I heard she was going to make an announcement, but I didn't know she was going to be pregnant. Obviously, you know, congratulations are in order, man. You know, that's that's great for Becky and Seth, man. That's That's really great for them, you know. And yeah, you know, Becky's obviously going to be gone for a while, and she's going to obviously be doing dealing with her pregnancy and stuff like that. I was shocked. I honestly did not know, but there was still a part of me that thought that maybe this was going to be a work, but apparently it's not. Becky is 100%, is 3,000% pregnant, and obviously her and Seth are going to be parents of a, be a beautiful baby boy or a beautiful baby girl. You know, so obviously shout out to them and, you know, that's, that, that's great for them, you know. Asuka, of course, got all excited. Asuka was saying, Becky, Becky, Becky. So, of course, you know, Asuka, who I think now is pretty much all but confirmed, Asuka's a baby face now, which, hey, look, Asuka's been really entertaining. I, I, I honestly thought this could have been done in a different way. Like, I thought maybe... Instead of, because Becky was saying that the match was actually for the title, I'm like, I don't see why Becky couldn't come out on, why they couldn't book her coming out on, you know, Money in the Bank and kind of announcing beforehand. That would just make the match that more important. But, or, but you know, they decided to do it this way, or maybe you could have had a tournament. But either way, Asuka doesn't miss out, because Asuka still has, you know, who's to say Asuka, you know, has to compete in the tournament. She still has the briefcase. You know, and even if she were to be in the tournament and she wouldn't lose, it wouldn't matter. She still has the winning advantage. So obviously, this was a this was kind of a shocking start to Raw. It was shocking for me because I didn't really hear that Becky was supposedly pregnant. I had no idea. I didn't hear about that until obviously I seen her say it. Um, obviously, yeah. Shout out to her and Seth. You know, they're going to be parents now, and I know. You know, a lot of people are obviously happy for them both, and we know that because we had a backstage segment where Becky was being congratulated by Charlie Caruso. She was being congratulated by... <coughs> Excuse me, guys. She was being con congratulated by everybody. The Street Profits, Bianca Belair, our truth Rey Mysterio, you know... Uh, who else? Who else? Natalia. You know, a, a bunch of baby... A bunch of baby faces and stuff like that. But obviously, yeah, that's that's good for Becky, man. You know her and Seth. You know parents now. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. And yeah, Becky, of course, before she said she's gonna miss all of us, the fans. So she's gonna be gone for a while. Personally, I mean, not to think. Well, to be honest, do I think it's gonna hurt the division? Becky's gone. I think it'll hurt in the sense that they don't have a lot of women that they can really invest in. I mean, we've seen Charlotte be at the top spot, Charlotte Flair. We've seen you know. We've seen that, you know, maybe this is the time to rebuild up Asuka and have her be the, the dominant, you know, for a while, because Asuka has obviously been entertaining, you know, to a lot of people. You can build up Shayna Baszler, have Shayna Baszler be the top, because obviously Shayna Baszler is the top female in your division. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how she's booked to me. She still can be the top of your division. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, Becky Lynch, this is a real life thing. Her and Seth Rollins are going to be parents, so obviously there's going to be a lot of focus on that. We'll still see Seth, but Becky's going to be the one that's obviously, you know, with, with the baby, so, you know. And then we went back to Raw. We had the Street Profits and what looked to be like some kind of a gym, and apparently... 
the Street Profits and the and the War Raiders were actually going to be members of the Lakers tonight. Wrong basketball team, but the reason I use the basketball reference is because that's right. The Street Profits, the Raw Tag Team Champions, we want the smoke against the War Raiders. Hanson and Rowe. I don't call them by that other shit. In a basketball match. Nothing against basketball. I used to play when I was younger. Not a lot. I remember I messed up my finger once really bad in 7th grade. But what the fuck is this, guys? What is this? We're going to get the War Raiders, who at one time were a dominant, legit dominant tag team against another tag team that was legit in NXT, a great tag team. Two of your best tag teams, two of your only tag teams realistically, and they're going to be in a basketball game. Yeah, sure. Uh, WWE, what is this? Vince, hmm. Mm-mm. Next, we had Bobby Lashley taking on Humberto Carrillo. No disqualification match. Bobby Lashley won. Really didn't didn't care for it too much just because, I mean, look, Humberto Carrillo's talented. I'm not going to say he's not. But, but, you know, him and Lashley, again, it's just like, why are we seeing this? Sorry, guys, I was yawning. Bobby Lashley, like I said, it seems like they're doing a little more with him now, but honestly, I honestly think you should build up Lashley for Lesnar. I already said this is how I would book it. Have Lashley come out, cut a promo, challenge Brock Lesnar. Brock doesn't show up. You can play off where Heyman's working in the back now. Brock doesn't show up. You can even play into the fact where Brock... You can even have Paul Heyman cut a promo where saying Brock doesn't show up because there's no crowds. But then again, it's like, well, Brock Lesnar showed up a couple times when there was no crowds before WrestleMania. And Paul Heyman can, like, have a counterpoint and say, you know, the money wasn't good enough like it is now. They're not paying Brock enough to be here without the crowd. You know, or something like that, if that makes sense. But I'm telling you, you have to do the Brock and Bobby Lashley build. And who knows, they could probably still do that because I know we still got a while until SummerSlam. We still have a pay-per-view until SummerSlam, I think. But it's just, it makes no sense. I don't understand, like, why they don't go with that match. It's obviously a match that people have been wanting for a long time, especially Bobby Lashley. And Brock, I think to a degree, because I, I think Brock would like to work with Lashley. Brock's never worked with, worked with him. Brock and him have similar build. Brock's probably a little more thicker than Lashley, but similar build, similar fighting styles. You know? It's a dream match. This was the one match that Bobby Lashley's wanted since he's came back to World Wrestling Entertainment, but they've never done it. Why? I don't know. I guess they just don't see money in it. I have no idea. But any match you have Brock in, Brock's money. Let's be honest. You know, you can say Brock Lesnar's this and that. You could say Brock's a part-timer. But you know for a fact, whenever Brock Lesnar wrestles and once in a while when he, when he does something, you know you're paying attention. You know what I mean? You know you're watching it and you're saying, oh, that was that was pretty badass. And Bobby Lashley, look, in the ring, Lashley's talented. He has a couple of good moves. He hits a nice-looking spear. 
But I think what kills Bobby Lashley is just kind of the way he does promos, kind of the charisma. Okay, Lashley's not a promo guy. Could he be? Absolutely. Anybody can be a promo guy, but sometimes they can't. Sometimes you don't necessarily have to be a promo guy. You know, if you can create, you know, certain moves that a lot of fans are like, man, this guy's really good. You know, sometimes you can get by on that. I never thought Brock was a bad promo. I actually, if you watch Brock Lesnar's stuff from 2003 to 2002, 2004, he wasn't bad on the mic. And I remember when he came back and he had that segment with John Laurinaitis and a lot of people didn't like it. Well, you got to remember, Brock hasn't really talked in front of a WWE crowd in a long time. And Brock was never known for his promo ability, but he was pretty de- He was really decent, I think. He was good when he did promos back in the day in 2004-2003. But either way, guys, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. So obviously, yeah, Lashley got the victory. Nothing more, nothing less. We had a backstage segment where... Zelina Vega squad of, of course, Andrade, the U.S. champion. You had Angel Garza and Austin Theory. And apparently they were arguing for whatever reason. No idea. Uh, Angel Garza was going to be set for a match. He wrestled against uh, Kira Tozawa. But there was still arguing going on. Austin Theory and Garza were arguing. You know, Zelina Vega was trying to break it up. Drew McIntyre came out. Claymore. Austin Theory, Claymore, Angel Garza. This led to a match between McIntyre versus Andrade. A rematch from a couple weeks ago. Don't know why, but at the same time, you know, these guys, when they wrestle each other, these guys put on the classic, man. Andrade and McIntyre are two of your best in the company. And when they wrestle, they have some pretty good in-ring chemistry. I don't think any of us would deny that. But it's kind of like, you know, I have no idea now what they're doing with Zelina Vega's group. I don't, I, I honestly, I think it's way too soon for them to be having any, like, kind of uh, dissension. Who knows, maybe it could be a work. Maybe they could just be fooling until they jump somebody in the storyline. Or maybe WWE just feels like, you know what, we're just going to start building up this because maybe it'll gain a little bit of interest. Maybe, you know, Garza... And Andrade turn on Theory, and Theory gets a push as a single star. I don't know. Maybe Theory just randomly quits, and Theory becomes a, a great single star and challenges for the U.S. championship. Or maybe you can get Theory being drafted to SmackDown. Or you can take Theory and bring him back to NXT. Shit, could you imagine Austin Theory and Keith Lee for the North American Championship? Or, or Austin Theory and Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Even though I think they did that in they did that in, in Evolve, but I think Austin Theory, who was the Evolve Champion at the time, was defending again. He did, he defended against all members of the Undisputed Era. I think he defended it against. I know I know I saw him wrestle Roddy Strong, Roderick Strong. I seen him wrestle Kyle O'Reilly. I don't think he ever wrestled. I know uh, Bobby Fish, and he's also of course he's wrestled Adam Cole. But besides all that, getting back, I don't know what's going to happen with this group. I mean, I like the group. I think the first couple weeks they were together, they were built pretty good. Or was it even a couple weeks? Either way, no idea what they're doing. But obviously, we had this match, Drew McIntyre and Andrade. Good match. McIntyre got the victory. So... Zelina Vega's group is obviously having some issues and they're not winning much matches. Don't know what's going to go on. Like I said, I think it's too soon to start teasing some dissension. Maybe they'll turn on Andrade and Andrade will become a single star. I don't I have no idea how that will work just because 
Zelina Vega and, and Andrade are so, they work so great together. I think Zelina Vega is great at what she does. She's a great promo. Andrade is super talented. Garza is super talented. Garza and Theory. I'm a big Theory fan. I like Austin Theory. You know, Angel Garza and Austin, and Austin Theory and Andrade are your future. You know, Andrade's the future. Garza's up and coming future, and Theory's the future too. Because I think. The difference is, uh, as far as I know, Garza's never been a, ch a world champion anywhere, but Theory and Andrade have. But I know when you come to WWE, obviously none of that shit matters, you know, as they say, as the rumors go. But I think, you know, Angel Garza, bring this guy back to NXT. You know, have him in that interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Angel Garza's money, man. You know, he's over with that whole, you know, his pants, taking off his pants, and he's in his wrestling trunks. He does the little kiss at ringside, even though we can't really do that that much anymore because there's no fans. Theory's great. Andrade's great. He's been great. He got even better when him and Zelina got together. So I don't know why they're why they're teasing this shit now. I don't know how it's going to go. Who's going to turn on who? But you know what's coming. You know how all these WWE groups, they always have somebody turn on each other. That's nothing new. But then, guys, we had a moment of bliss. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, who are the SmackDown, who are actually, well, they're actually, they're actually, they're SmackDown superstars, yes, but they're the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, which means they can appear on any show they want. We've seen that with Asuka and, and all that stuff. We saw it with the Iconics. We've seen it when Bailey and Sasha Banks were champion, but I, but Bailey and Sasha weren't champion that. They weren't champions that long, so I don't really remember what they did, and I should because I'm a big fan of both. I don't remember what they did when they were the women's uh, tag team champions, but I know the other teams I mentioned, we've seen them come on several on different shows. Hey, put it to you this way. It was great when Asuka and Kairi Sane went, went to NXT, and they wrestled, uh, what was it, Dakota Kai when she was a babyface, and uh, Tegan Knox. But we had a moment of bliss, you know, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were obviously very happy that Alexa, that, you know, Be Becky Lynch, or as Nikki Cross would say, Becky Lynch was now going to be a mother. So something about Alexa Bliss, man, I just, when she talks and when she tries to be a babyface, I just, I can't buy into it just because I think Alexa, Alexa's a natural heel, to be honest with you. Is she a great heel? I think when she can be snotty. You know, her wrestling ability was never the best, but you know what? Sometimes, you know, what gets you by is just your ability to kind of, I guess, be liked by the fans and sometimes, you know, cut a decent promo. Like, you get Alexa as a bitch, Alexa can pull it off. We know that we've seen her do it several times. Her wrestling ability for a lot of people is a different thing. But all of a sudden, we heard Iconic! And we got the return of the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, who I got to give them a shout out because I've seen they've both been keeping each other in great shape as they should, because obviously, as everybody should that, you know, does this gig, obviously, but they've been keeping each other's and they've been, they've been keeping themselves in shape and they came out, they came back. They were, of course, being the Iconics, nothing's changed. They interrupted Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were kind of laughing it off. Alexa Bliss was like, if you guys want a tag team championship match, you can't just ask for it. You have to earn it. Uh, I'm sorry, Alexa, but hasn't there been times where 
matches, title matches have just been randomly given. I mean, I guess that whole thing Shane McMahon said went right out the window the second he said it. But this, of course, led to a tag team match, non-titled tag team match. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Iconics. Iconics got the victory. They hit like some kind of a double team on Alexa Bliss, and they got the win. And I guess next week it's going to be official for the tag team championships. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending against Nick, against the Iconics. Don't know why. Don't know why you can't wait to do this match at Backlash, but whatever. And people are saying, I don't even want to see this match. Well, I mean, there's no other women tag team. So at least we can say we have at least a legitimate tag team. At least we can say the Iconics are a legitimate tag. But I think for this, you know, you're going to have to put some random people together, man. Same for the regular tag team championships. The WWE tag team division has just never been good. Let's be honest. I think the last time they were great was when the bar was together. But before that, the last time they were great, like great, great, I honestly got to go back and when fucking um, the Usos were dominant, when the Usos and the New Day were putting on classics. Yeah, we still get that now because the New Day is still around. Obviously, when they were wrestling with the Usos, it kind of became like, okay, well, we've seen this so many times. What else can you do with the tag team division? We already know the Usos and the New Day, they can hold it down big time for not just the SmackDown tag team division, but for the whole company. They can outshine the Raw Tag Team Division sometimes. But I don't know. You know, I have no idea. Anyways, this match was set for next week. Now it's going to be a championship match. They got the win. Good for them. And then we had Shayna Baszler. And this was actually a really, really great segment. This is actually one of my highlights of the night. So Shayna Baszler was interviewed by Charlie Caruso. Shayna Baszler... I don't know why they would ask Shayna this question, but they basically were like, Shayna, what do you think about Becky becoming a mother? And Shayna basically said, how dumb was it a champion got knocked up? And then she was saying, the kid's going to suck. And she was saying, do you know who the father is? I rest my case. Shayna Baszler was excellent in this promo. This was a great Shayna Baszler promo. Shayna Baszler knows how to play the role really well. She's a badass. I love Shayna Baszler. I think the Queen of Spades is the queen of the company right now for the women's division. Even though she hasn't been booked that way necessarily, I think the last time she was booked strong was at Elimination Chamber and when she was kicking, you know, she was kicking Sarah Logan's arm and we haven't seen Sarah Logan since because unfortunately Sarah Logan got released. She did the same thing to, um, what was her name? What was her name? The one she wrestled? Oh man, Indy Hartwell, there you go. And then she was doing it back in the day with NXT when she did it to Amber Moon. She did it to, I believe, Dakota Kai. I think even Kyrie Sane. But she delivered a great promo, man. You gotta love it. Shayna, Bla- Shayna Baszler knows how to play that bitch role better than anyone, man. And you gotta love it. And who knows, maybe just maybe we'll get her an Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship. Maybe at Backlash. Maybe you build up, you know, Shayna Baszler. Maybe you have like a... Maybe you have like a... Like Battle Royal, even though I know Battle Royals are burnt out, where all the women, and you could even bring up some women from NXT, challenging. It doesn't matter. At least you have more than the regular women that we see. But then again, WWE, they haven't really built up their their women's division strong. It's like I said, if you had my girl Tessa there, 
you had a couple people from you know impact on there, you would have a, you would have had a, a legit more division, if that makes sense. But then speaking of, but this was a great promo from Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler was excellent as always, and I figured she was going to be in a match because she was in a ring gear, and I figured well, it's either going to be one one or two people. It's either going to be. It's either going to be actually one of three people. It's either going to be Enhancement from NXT, which is kind of funny because Shayna hasn't been gone from NXT very long. Or it's going to be Liv Morgan or Natalia, because they're the only two baby faces I believe, on the entire roster of Raw. I mean, you could have easily had, like, Dana Brooke, you know, be here on Smack, be here on Raw, because apparently now we're going to be getting some SmackDown superstars coming to Raw. After Drew McIntyre, and I forgot to mention this, guys. Sorry about that. But after Drew McIntyre defeated uh, Andrade, he basically said that next week, him and Corbin are going to be wrestling each other. Baron Corbin from SmackDown. There is a little bit of history, because if you remember when Corbin was feuding with, who was it? Strowman, he had McIntyre with him. Remember... uh, when they were feuding, I think it was with a shield. He had Drew McIntyre with him and all that stuff. So yeah, the mini history is there, but it makes no sense. If this is Vince's way of trying to get ratings back, I mean, come on, Vince. Look, Baron Corbin, you know, has some great moves. He has a great finisher and a great signature. But let's be honest, the gimmick is is no more. You know, bring back the Lone Wolf. My buddy Brian put it best. Bring back the lone wolf. I beg of you. Bring back the lone wolf. Bring back the Baron Corbin that was. And even if you weren't a Baron Corbin fan back then, there's some people that probably weren't, and that's cool. But I was a huge fan of Corbin. Well, not a huge fan, but I was a big fan of Corbin when he was in NXT. I dug the gimmick. You know, winning squash matches, just like Bill Goldberg did. But I dig the gimmick. Now he's the King Corbin. And of course... He actually accepted Drew McIntyre's challenge, which is not surprising to anyone. And then we had Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, and R-Truth, who had a funny disguise on and was saying he was his cousin or something like that. Forgot the name. Taking on MVP, who before the match was backstage... And he was talking to Bobby Lashley, basically. Well, this wasn't exactly before. This was. This might have been like 20 minutes before he was talking to Bobby Lashley. I know, guys, I'm going in random order, but I try not to. He was talking to Bobby Lashley. Some, NX, some Impact Wrestling views right there. Because if you remember back in TNA days, Bobby Lashley and MVP were actually a part of a group with Kenny King. And then it got a little more bigger and it became the, the Beatdown Clan. Or unless, you know what, I think the actual night, the beat, the Beatdown Clan actually had their first segment as a group. I think Bobby Lashley was immediately kicked out of it. So Lashley wasn't really in the group for a long time. But it seems like they're going to be building up for Lashley to be aligned with MVP somehow, which wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, let's be honest. You know, it did pretty good in Impact, but I know WWE doesn't care to watch Impact. And that's fine. I mean, hey, look, it's business, but obviously there's history with these two guys. MVP was basically saying, when are you going to let Lashley be Lashley? Like, when are you going to let Lashley out? And Lashley thought about it. Kind of thought he was going to grab him by his neck right there, but he didn't. 
And then we had MVP running into Lana. MVP walked right past her. Lana started screaming very annoyingly, I might add. And that was the end of that segment. And then we had the six-man tag, of course. Uh, R-Truth pinned MVP, got the win for himself. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, who are a great tag team. They're, you know, getting better and better, I believe. But we got to start seeing them against legit competition. Maybe, you know, this is what I would do. You can have them go to NXT and just take over NXT and say, we want the NXT tag team titles. I mean, come on, you have... Charlotte Flair, who, by the way, is going to be on SmackDown for no, for a reason I, I do not know. And I guess when you win the NXT Women's Championship, you can go wherever the hell you want. So must be must be great for Charlotte Flair, you know? All right, moving on, guys. After the match, Bobby Lashley attacked R-Truth, got him in that full Nelson. So I think the group is continuing, which may not be a bad thing. MVP can do a decent promo once in a while at best. So we'll see. Lashley doesn't have to say anything. Maybe Lashley and Lana start to drift apart, and maybe Lana kind of goes babyface and, you know, strikes to attack, attack him or something. Maybe she'll go for a quick babyface run. Lana, that is. And then, guys, we had a backstage segment. Rey Mysterio was with was with Charlie Caruso. Rey Mysterio was asked how he fell from that ladder. Mysterio was saying he's all good. Again, we would find out that it was from a, like a six-foot fall or whatever. Same for Aleister Black, I think. And then we had a tag team. And then we had, of course, Seth Rollins interrupting Mysterio. Seth Rollins congratulated Rey on becoming a father. You know, WWE is still playing the storyline where he's the Messiah. He's not breaking character, which I appreciate. Rollins backs off. Mysterio tried to shake his hand. Rollins, for some reason, was able to shake McIntyre's hand, but he didn't shake, you know, Mysterio's hand. Granted, he didn't wrestle Rey Mysterio at the pay-per-view, but still. And then we had a six. We had a tag team match. We had a course. Hala hala hala. We had Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio taking on, of course, Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. And Seth Rollins just looked like he was pissed off. He didn't want to be there. He looked like he hadn't slept in, like, years, even though you're thinking, presumably you're thinking, well, the reason he's pissed off is because he lost again. Second pay-per-view, he's lost. And this was for the WWE Championship. He lost at WrestleMania to Kevin Owens. And now he lost to Drew McIntyre at Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So we have the match. Basically, Buddy Murphy was getting double teamed. Rollins wasn't doing nothing. Rollins finally saved Murphy from a 619, and he beat the hell out of Rey Mysterio. And then he got Rey Mysterio, and he literally shoved his eye. He was shoving his eye into, I believe, the corner of the steel steps. It looked brutal. This was a great spot. I loved Seth Rollins acting like a psychopath on here. This is what you got to do with him. Enough of enough of like the whole the greater good. Just kind of have him be mysterious, man, a little more than he is. This match was, was eh, it wasn't really nothing because it was mainly just it was basically to set up what after the happened. After the match with the angle now. And it looks like we might be getting Rollins and Mysterio maybe at Backlash. And then you can build up for Rollins and Edge at SummerSlam. Hey, there you go, WWE. I just booked out SummerSlam and Backlash for you in terms of what to do with the Rated R Superstar and the Monday Night Messiah Edge. And Seth Rollins, of course. This was brutal. Mysterio was selling it like a champ. Obviously, Mysterio was selling it great. 
Rollins walked off with Buddy Murphy. You've seen blood. You've seen the mask tear at and stuff like that. Mysterio was then we seen backstage in the trainer's room. Aleister Black was with him, who, by the way, Aleister Black could fall from a building, but yet when he falls off a barricade, we don't see him ever again. But then we had Rollins saying, I'm sorry, Ray, I'm sorry, and I wasn't a big fan of that just because I'm like, come on, Ray, come on, Rollins, I don't like that. But it, it makes him a little more psycho because it's like he really doesn't know what he's doing. So I like it. And who knows how they'll tweak it. Never know. And then, guys, we had the basketball game. Don't know what to say about this. It was not what I what I think of when I see the Viking Raiders or the War Raiders. Street Profits are fine with it because I think it's more their style. But I don't know. It was It was strange to me. A lot of the stuff that happens in this game so far are strange. We all know that. And then, guys, we had the Street Profits actually losing to the War Raiders in the basketball contest, I think it was. I don't know. I really didn't really catch. I really didn't know how funny it was. The whole time I was thinking about this whole, like, well, what are they going to do with these guys? This is obviously not a way to book them, but WWE wants to do it. Vince wants to do it. No idea why. And then, guys, we had Shayna Baszler backstage. Natalia went up to her. Natalia was very insulted by what Shayna said to Becky Lynch. Shayna, once again, is golden, and she basically said Natalia will never be a mother and that the Hart Dynasty dies because of her. Love Shayna Baszler. I love the two promos that she cut tonight. And this was, and it led to a match. It was her and Natalia. Nice little back and forth. Didn't go long, but that was about it. Shayna got the win after knocking out Natalia. Wouldn't be surprised if they do a rematch next week. You know, you never know. Or maybe on main event. Fuck. I kind of thought Shayna was on main event, but you're not going to put Shayna on main event. Shayna's way worse. She's worth, if you're going to do it, you could bring her in for that. But she's way, she's worth so much more. And she's done a great job. Alright guys, and now let's talk about AJ Styles. AJ Styles was backstage. AJ Styles was watching the Undertaker documentary. So it seems like the AJ Styles Undertaker program is still going to go on, which I would not mind actually. And speaking of still going on, we had Edge and Randy Orton back, you know, in the ring. Edge was saying that he didn't know if, that the production team was going to air, that he was hunting for Randy Orton. He said he got his closure. Randy Orton came out. Randy Orton at first I thought was going to shake his hand and maybe, you know, but then again, it'd be too obvious because we've seen angles like that, I think, a couple times. There was an interview with Jinder Mahal. You know, and then we had, of course, our main event segment. Before that, we've seen several clips of what happened at Money in the Bank. And then we had our final segment which was Edge and Randy Orton. Edge came out, like I said, guys, Randy Orton came out, basically challenged Edge to a rematch, and I think we're going to get it. Edge and Randy Orton at Backlash. All right, guys, now I came on here a little later. I am going to have to get out of here, guys, just because I am pretty tired. I am going to hit the hay, but I will be back, guys, on Wednesday for your AEW Dynamite and NXT review. I think we're, we're going to be getting Edge and Randy at, at Backlash, obviously, 
the segment basically ended with Edge not saying anything. I forgot to mention that, guys. But I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, guys. You guys are incredible. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Have a good night, guys. Peace.